Okay, everybody, thank you for coming back for another Second Tuesday conference call with Avena Originals. My name is Cameron Terry, and I'm the Executive Director. I've been involved in natural health for the last 15 years, and it's always exciting for an opportunity for me to be able to share this kind of information that I've gathered over the last, you know, 15-plus years. The topic we wanted to discuss tonight was more of a recap or summarization of what the last several calls have been. Before I do that, I just want to get into what the big picture is here, make sure that we're all kind of staying on track for for the larger picture and what it really means. When I look around today, I do not see the wellness and the vitality and the strength and you know, the clear thinking and just healthy people that our previous generations did. I'd encourage anybody to go into a shopping mall, find a seat, and just people watch. Observe the people and have in mind of, you know, do these people glow? Are they radiant? Are they, you know, the picture of health? And see how many people you can pick out of the crowd that actually meet any of that criteria, what you would say, hey, that looks like a really healthy person, and I'd want to be just like that person. And don't get caught up too much on the physical appearance of it, because some of these people have an amazing physique, but yet they walk around almost like zombies. They have no energy, no lifehood. They're not, hardly ever smiling. They just look miserable. When I do that, I am shocked to see how unhealthy the majority of people are. Just the other day I was doing that, and I went home a little saddened and depressed that I couldn't find a single person out of everybody that I watched that I would want to model my health after. What is happening in our world today? Why are we no longer having this health, especially in our youth? And I think that's the most alarming aspect for me is that the youth today are either grossly overweight or underweight or suffering with a host of diseases and illnesses that no generation before us has ever had to deal with. There's obviously many factors at play here, from our environment to stress levels to genetics, and there's a lot more than that. But what I want to focus on tonight and draw our attention to and really, I guess, explore is the food and the health that we're creating by what we're eating. We have full control over what we eat. Nobody's holding a gun to our head and forcing us to consume something every day. We do it voluntarily. The problem when I watch these people is the majority of people have turned to food as a source of entertainment. They use the food that they're consuming to you know, drowned out their miseries or their pains or their sorrows, or instead of drawing pleasure from company and from relationships and good communication and spending time outdoors and being active, they're turning to food to be their almost one and only source of entertainment. You know, they wake up and it's, what am I going to have for breakfast? Half a pound of bacon and some scrambled egg. It comes lunch or dinners or snacks and everything's focused on, you know, what are they going to enjoy the most? Almost like that's the activity of the day is eating. The generations before us never really behaved this way. We behaved in a way of, you know, food is a necessity to be able to function, to be able to do the activities that we drew pleasure from, whether that was work. Maybe sometimes it wasn't even pleasure. Maybe it was, you know, the hard labor that we'd have to do to work the land or construction, building, moving, carrying, laboring, all these tasks that required enormous amount of strength, and we had to consume good quality food to have that strength. You know, it seems like society has gone into a dangerous direction. And what we're seeing, the outcome of that over this last generation has been a greatly diminished and destroyed level of health. We're having young kids with arthritis. We're having, you know, middle-aged and young adults suffering with osteoporosis and Alzheimer's, arthritis, heart attacks, 
high blood pressures, high cholesterols. Majority of kids overweight and suffering with eyesight problems is exponential compared to the previous generation. It doesn't take very long for you to meet somebody or know somebody that is directly affected by cancer. With the stats today being in one in three people being afflicted with cancer, you don't have to look very far for that to be a family member or a friend or extended family, in-laws. Almost every one of us knows several people fighting that cancer fight today. That's never been like that before. So one of the first calls that we did, we went into describing what proper digestion looks like. And to kind of recap into that and what that really meant was when we eat food, our first step of action is to digest that food. And we do that by starting by chewing it. By chewing our food long enough, we should ideally get a proper liquefaction of that food so that when it enters our stomach, the enzymes from that food take over and completely liquefy it. As it completely liquefies, that sets the ground for all the nutrients to be absorbed, the hydrochloric acid to kill off any parasites or bacteria and viruses or foreign organisms in that food and cleanse it. It allows your villi to uptake and absorb vast majority of those nutrients and then allows your intestinal system to form solid bowel movements and eliminate the waste that it doesn't do. In the second call is we start to realize how that is not happening very well anymore. And because we're consuming food, food that no longer has these natural enzymes in place, we're starting this degeneration cycle throughout our entire bodies, and it starts with indigestion. And a lot of us think indigestion is you know, a clinical term, your medical system it gives you. But really, indigestion is any step that is actually not proper digestion would be indigestion. And so when I say that we're not consuming these enzymes anymore, and it's not because we voluntarily stopped consuming enzymes, I think most of us would actually prefer to consume enzyme-rich foods. But what's happened is we've industrialized our food supply. We, we transferred the responsibility of growing food for our own families, and we gave it to an industry that turned it into a business, and like all businesses have to profit. So one of the key elements to these businesses being profitable was extending the shelf life of food. And enzymes were the number one thing that had to go, because enzymes are what's causing that food to rot and biodegrade, just like your body would use that enzyme to break it down and rot it inside of our internal rotting tank. We spent all this time and energy as a society studying enzymes so that we could purposely remove them from our whole foods so that the food would last longer. And that opened the door to Florida growing tomatoes and oranges and shipping them to Canada and Mexico being able to ship avocados into Canada. And we'll be able to get coconuts and pineapples and all these like foreign foods into our countries in supermarkets and just be able to you know, go down to your local supermarket and fill a grocery cart full of foods we'd never have access to before. And that sounded really exciting, except for the consequences when we started shifting all of our food and all of our diets into this type of industrialized corporate food. Without really knowing what was going on, these industries had switched all our food supply into enzyme-deficient food. We started eating food that does no longer have enzymes. We weren't able to liquefy it properly, which meant we weren't able to cleanse the food properly. If we can't get rid of the parasites, the bacteria, the viruses, and microorganisms in that food anymore because it's not a liquid, we're now introducing more of these into our intestinal system and bloodstreams than ever before. Not only that, but the villi that is responsible for absorbing the majority of the micronutrients and phytonutrients from those foods, we're relying on a liquid. And so if it's no longer a proper liquid anymore, your absorption of nutrients drops drastically. 
from there, a lot of the foods that weren't absorbed, like your proteins, eventually will break down into amino acids, and they'll putrefy in our intestinal system and create some very scary toxins. One of the calls we did about decoding detoxification, we went into great detail on toxins like indole, scatol, cadaverine, putrescine, tyramine, and histamine. These are responsible for an overwhelming and large group of symptoms that is causing an enormous amount of stress on our system. Now, that extraordinary stress is what I believe to be the main cause behind premature degeneration. Why diseases are hitting younger ages than ever before? Because we're putting these poor bodies through the same amount of stress that it took our previous parents and ancestors 70, 80, 90 years to acquire and we're achieving that same level in 20 and 30 years. And that only makes sense to me and why we would start getting 70-year-old diseases at 20 because our bodies are going through the same amount of stress and degeneration that the 70-year-olds used to go through. When we continue to consume food that no longer has enzymes in it, what we're also doing is putting an enormous burden on our pancreas and our liver to produce digestive enzymes. One of the calls when we went into details about enzymes, we spent quite a bit of time in this. And so on any of these topics, if you remember it or if you've missed any of the calls and you want to know more about this, I highly encourage you guys to go back and listen to these full calls. As tonight is kind of just a recap, we're going over the top and just kind of touching on the ideas and trying to plug it all together into a puzzle, put all those pieces together so we can see what the whole puzzle really looks like. When your liver is trying to produce enzymes, it does so by using enzymes to produce enzymes. We then take a pancreatic enzyme, which is a liver enzyme converted into a pancreatic enzyme. That process also took enzymes to do. It also required minerals and amino acids. And it's not easy to have all those amino acids available if you weren't getting proper digestion in the first place. So now we've got this pancreas that is working like triple duty to try to come up with the pancreatic enzymes so they can pump it into your small intestinal tract and stop you from completely clogging up your intestinal system and becoming you know, blocked and severely constipated. When we're dealing in, in an environment or you know, a moment in time or a society where we are struggling with diabetes which is a pancreatic problem, and we're having such a huge incline in pancreatic cancers. I see a really close connection and you know, relationship between the stresses we're putting on this pancreas to try to produce digestive enzymes and these pancreatic diseases. Wouldn't it make more sense to all of us if we started consuming food with enzymes in it and giving the pancreas a day off? Imagine what that organ could do and heal if it wasn't working triple duty all day long every day. Or typically, for most of us in society, and that's talking about like the 99% of the people are consuming cooked food that have no enzymes left in it at all for every meal of the day. Now, that's really difficult on your digestive system. Remember, your system was never designed to consume a food without an enzyme in it because every plant, every nut, every seed legume, meat, you name it, from nature, was abundant in enzymes. It wasn't until man started meddling in your food that we started to lose those enzymes. And within one generation, we went from rich, abundant enzyme food to completely deficient enzyme food. Many nutritional experts that have done studies on supermarket foods say less than 1% of all the food in your supermarket contain any trace of enzymes. 
that's a little scary. That's why a lot of us are really strong promoters of supplementing with enzymes and why that's such a key aspect to getting the best we can out of the food. It was originally there for a purpose. We need to add it back in there if man's meddled with it and changed it. So that's kind of a brief overview on enzymes and what how they apply into this whole picture. I'm going to spend a little bit more time on enzymes at the end on how to use them when I recap kind of how to use the products. But the follow on and with the path that I'm leading you guys down, we started talking a little bit about putrefying proteins, these undigested amino acids that are turning putrid into like indole, scatel, cadaverin, putrescine, tyramine, and histamines. These are coming from bad bacteria reacting upon these undigested amino acids. And those toxins are the byproduct of that reaction. Most of us have taken an antibiotic in our life. You know, if you're anywhere near my generation or my type of experience, the medical system seems to give out antibiotics quite freely. They do so because uh, they were quite effective at removing bacteria from the body. And when we had this idea that all bacteria in our body was bad, it didn't seem like a bad idea to use a lot of antibiotics in a lot of people and cleanse all this bad bacteria. There's actually several medical you know, specialists that talked about that they were going to remove all disease from the world by using antibiotics. And so sometimes you'd go in there with a headache and the foolish doctor would prescribe an antibiotic with that in mind. Now, knowing what we know today and how important certain bacteria are in our intestinal system, it's a delicate balance and is absolutely crucial to maintain healthy bacteria in our intestinal system. So if we've ever used an antibiotic, we definitely need to replenish our bodies with probiotics. Probiotics mean certain strains of bacteria that are pro-life, that actually promote health and well-being inside your intestinal system. What about for us that have never had an antibiotic? Does anybody listen to this call? Well, I remember attending a lecture and one person was asking that, asked the crowd, how many people had their dose of antibiotics today? And only a couple hands went up. And then he asked the same question, how many people have had you know, cooked chicken this week, and most of the hands went up. And he was like, congratulations, you guys have all had your antibiotics. Because antibiotics are so prevalent in our meat supplies today, especially chicken, that when you consume commercial chicken from a restaurant or a supermarket, you are getting a very high level of natural antibiotics maintaining in that meat source and transferring into your body. And what that does is it assaults and damages your healthy bacteria. And if we do that every day, we could wipe out our entire intestinal balance. And now we seem to struggle, right? We have gas, we have bloating, we have flatulence, <clears throat> we're burping, we have a hard time digesting most of our food, we go from diarrhea to constipation and back to loose stools. And it just seems like we've really lost track of these good, solid, proper bowel movements. For those people that weren't on the call when we started talking about intestinal toxemia and bowel toxemia and what it really meant, when I define what a healthy bowel movement is, because I think this is important to do because your doctors aren't talking about it and your you know, school system isn't talking about it and TV definitely isn't talking about it, do you guys know what a healthy bowel movement is? It should be about two-thirds the circumference of your wrist. It should be about the same distance between your wrist and your elbow, which is normally about one foot long should float, should be a solid consistency and a light brown color. It shouldn't smell very bad, and it shouldn't leave much on the tissue, and you should be having one of those for every meal that you eat per day. If you're one of the lucky ones that said 
you know, that, that describes you, you're doing better than 99% of the population of this world. So congratulations. If not, if you're not having all of those together with every meal, it shows that your intestinal system is struggling to keep up with the food choices that you're doing. The two biggest food choices that people do that are horrible on our bowel movements and put an enormous amount of stress on it, number one is dairy. Number two would be wheat. And so many people experience such improved eliminations just by removing those two things out of their lifestyle. Other things become like alcohol, sugars, soy. When you start getting into like your cooked foods and your refined and processed foods and all these chemicals and additives that are in there to maintain shelf life or make it taste better than it really is. So hopefully, you know, just to recap, within this recap, we're starting to see that what we're consuming today, the type of food we're eating, isn't being digested properly. It can't be. There's no way that we can digest food that is, you know, commercially produced not to digest. And then we wonder why this undigested food is putting stress on our liver, our pancreas, our organs, our intestinal systems, and why we're starting to develop more and more diseases based on these organs. But it's not just that, because every organ in your body relies on the activities from the liver. So when you stress your liver out, you're actually affecting every single organ of your body, especially your endocrine system. Your endocrine system is all your glands throughout your system body, and there's a ton of them. But just to name some of the most popular ones, it's like your hypothalamus, your pituitary, your thyroid, your adrenal glands, your ovaries or testes, your prostates, your pancreas, right, your gallbladder. These are all different glands throughout your body that are all stimulated and controlled by our liver. If we really grasp that, we really understand that we start to understand that we really need to take care of that liver. And yet majority of us are producing such high levels of toxicities through our intestinal systems that our livers can't keep up. We're not even meeting the minimum requirements to neutralize the amount of toxicities coming from our bowel. And that leads into the big question of bowel toxemia and how bowel toxemia is the true one disease that is causing all these symptoms that our medical systems and society call diseases. The bowel toxicity call that we did, we really went into detail on how indol, skatol, and cadaver, and putrescine, all these toxins I've mentioned several times, are highly linked to, and several of the doctors that were working with these toxins went as far to say that they were underlying causes of the disease. And so when you start having this long list of diseases and these major doctors working with it that have worked with it for 23 years after making such strong and bold claims, like it is the number one cause of this disease or coming from these toxicities, we should really stop and pay attention to what they're saying. We should also really pay attention to what we're consuming and what's happening in our intestinal system. That indigestion that's happening because of the cooked, processed, and refined foods that we're consuming is causing majority of our disease and illness. And yet majority of us aren't willing to change what we're consuming. We want to add something in to make it better. People will eat, and then they'll go to the store, and they'll try to buy you know, a fat burner or a fat locker or a fat trapper, you know, they think by taking a probiotic allows them to consume donuts and coffees with five scoops of sugar in it every day. Continually, we always want to add something to fix our poor choices. And yet you can't outrun or outwork a bad diet. 
You can't add enzymes and expect it to nullify the bad choice. Imagine if you had one of those big oversized chocolate bars, and after you consumed it, you felt really guilty about it, so you went and took a handful of enzymes. What's that going to do? Are the enzymes going to get in there, break down all the chocolate, and push it out of the body so you don't experience any of it and it doesn't cause any problems? No, it's going to liquefy that chocolate bar so that you can digest and absorb it, which means you absorb more of that chocolate bar than you would have before. Sound bad? So now what are you thinking? Should you not take enzymes with that chocolate bar? Well, then that indigested food is having to ferment, rancidify, and putrefy, and that turns into these bigger toxins. So often people say, well, you're doomed if you do, and you're doomed if you don't. Well, the key here is so far, everybody's been looking at what to do after they consume the chocolate bar. My answer would be, don't eat the chocolate bar. Right? If you don't eat the chocolate bar, you don't have to worry about, do I take enzymes with it or do I not? Enzymes are going to enhance and supercharge the absorption and utilization of whatever you put it with. So you want to put enzymes with good quality food. It's going to enhance and supercharge the availability of that good quality food take them on an empty stomach away from food so that it can get into my bloodstream and start cleaning out the toxicities and the problems in, within my blood. It can also have been found to help stimulate cellular regeneration and improve liver function, pancreatic function, organ and tissue function. It helps detoxify and cleanse. And some of the calls following de decoding detoxification and understanding proper digestion we started to get into the details on products and how to use them. So to recap a little bit on what that looked like is enzymes, they just quickly went over. But for a little bit more detail again, let's take two to three capsules of, of enzymes with every meal that we consume. And I would encourage people to do that, whether it's a garden meal or a farmer's market meal or a supermarket meal or even a restaurant meal. Two to three capsules with everything that you eat is a minimum. If you're looking down at that plate of food and it's mostly cooked or processed or refined food, you need to take five capsules with every one of those meals. In between meals, you should also be taking enzymes. Avena's produced the super digestive enzyme that's designed for an empty stomach use, and that is your cellular regenerative type enzyme. Taking five capsules of that three times a day will do wonders at removing the extraordinary or excess stress on your organs, tissues, and glands allowing you to prevent majority of these diseases earlier in life. There's no limit on enzymes. You can take, you know, instead of the five in-between meals, you can take 10, you can take 15, you can do 20. I have never seen any research that shows that a higher level of enzymes can be dangerous. I have seen a ton of research that shows high levels of enzymes can be extraordinary for your health. People like Bernard Jensen overcame his cancer by using 500 enzymes a day. Not only did he overcome his cancer, but he did it in eight weeks and one day. So that's a phenomenal turnaround time for somebody that was as far gone as Bernard Jensen. And for those that don't know the story of Bernard Jensen, he was a famous nutritionist. He's responsible for iodology. He wrote over 15 different books. He was a high advocator of organic food. He was really pushing for more vitamins and minerals. He had no research or understanding whatsoever of enzymes or probiotics. So he got himself into trouble. He ended up with prostate cancer when his PSA was 1,600, and he was given three days to live. After starting the enzymes, the probiotics, and 100% raw food, he was released out of his hospital with no sign of cancer in eight weeks and one day. Now, that's phenomenal. 
I'm not telling that story for people to be like, hey, I need to take 500 capsules of enzymes. What I want to share that story for is so you understand the power the human body has to recover and regenerate it. And it's not limited by what it can do. It's limited by what you're willing to do for it. Bernie Jensen's case, he had a lot of money. He also had a lot of support. His poor wife stood beside his bed opening capsules and pouring these enzymes and probiotic powders in liquid through his feeding tube every day for like 16 to 18 hours a day. That's a huge support. And it was because of that that he was able to recover and get his strength back. Probiotics are the other worker. If enzymes are the keys to actually liquefying, digesting, and moving and you know, creating these catalytic-type reactions in our body, bacteria are the living organisms that create life. And how much life do you want in your body? A lot. Hopefully that's what you said, because that's what I was thinking. We need a lot of living, thriving health inside of our intestinal system. These healthy bacteria finish off digestion, convert your waste products into more vitamins and minerals for your body. They stop putrefaction. They stop fermentation. They stop rancidification inside of your body and actually allow you to get proper digestion. They're the key elements to having proper bowel movements, improved eliminations. They are considered one of the most important discoveries of the next generation. And what that means is many specialists believe that most of our health improvements over the next 20, 30, 50 years are going to come in the way of probiotics. They're relatively new in the grand scheme of things. Remember, less than 50 years ago, we thought all bacteria was bad. Now we're realizing that some bacteria are good, and now we're starting to realize that some bacteria are phenomenal and absolutely necessity for vibrant health. So there's still a ton of research going on, and the majority of the research going on right now is in enzymes and probiotics, and that's an exciting time to be in. Hopefully, we've gone as deep down this rabbit hole as we have to, and we can start coming back out the other side, empowered with the knowledge of enzymes and probiotics. They're the keys to the next generation wellness. Unfortunately, not a lot of people know about them, and the people that do know about enzymes typically only recognize it as a digestive aid. Most of your governing bodies only recognize and promote it as a digestive aid. In other words, take a few of these only if you're having heartburn or indigestion. Enzymes are so important that they should be used by every single person in every walk of life every day because it is becoming harder and harder to get through this life and maintain your health. One of the other products we talked about was proteins, and that was just the last call. Because I talk about how important raw proteins are and that we really need all these amino acids available at the exact same time to produce a lot of these hormones and tissues and repairing organs and you name it, the majority of people are consuming proteins from cooked sources and heat damages protein. Out of the 22 amino acids, over nine of them are being damaged by heat. And so if you want all 22 amino acids present at the same time, you have to consume more raw sources of protein. And yet very few people really know what that means. The previous call we did on powerful phytoproteins was all about that exact topic. How you can get 21 grams of raw protein in Avena's RP3 supplement from a 100% plant-based vegan protein supplement. It's all raw. It's all whole food. There's no flavors, additives, extenders, or recipients in it whatsoever. Avena's gone above and beyond by adding in enzymes and protolytic probiotics to that package. What that's meaning is you can have one of the easiest to digest proteins. They're going to give you all 20 amino acids available all at the exact same time so your body can run leaner, cleaner, and healthier and be able to actually regenerate faster than it could without them. 
How would you use it? I would use the recommended serving, which is two scoops for natural or three scoops for the super berry or the chocolate. And I would do that at least twice a day. Especially if you were active, training, moving, laboring, work construction, you know, anything that has a higher level of protein outtake or higher amount of muscle use during the day, definitely take it twice a day. You know, if you're elderly and you're quite sedimentary, you're the type of person who could probably do with one a day. But again, if we want to actually have stronger, healthier bodies, don't we want more amino acids? Doesn't that sound like a good idea to have more amino acids? So just to finalize this call and kind of come to an end because time's already running out on us, is our generation is the worst condition it's ever been in as far as health and the outlook on health. There's several articles that were written that were kind of scary. It talked about, you know, this coming generation may be the first generation that does not live, outlive its parents. Can you imagine what that would look like? All of our children are dying of serious diseases faster than the parents are. Here in Red Deer, in our local hospital, somebody told me, just one of the nurses that was a good friend of mine, was seeing something like 54% of all the patients in the cancer ward are under 25 years old. I'm going to let that sink in for a second because I'm we're quick and easy to think that cancer is just hitting our old people and our senior citizens when majority of them are our young adults. That's scary. Overall, health is diminishing. More serious diseases are plague younger ages in this generation, and the future generations are looking to be in worse positions. It's being caused because we are eating enzyme-deficient food. We no longer have the healthy bacteria in our bodies. We're creating extremely toxic environments from the inside out. Our undigested foods are turning against us and becoming our enemies. Even if it was an organic food from our own garden, if we didn't digest it, assimilate it, and eliminate it properly, it'll turn against us and create toxicity. Those toxicities are the main cause behind every one of these diseases, and I believe to be the cause of the one true disease, bowel toxemia. The things we can do to start repairing it our supplement with enzymes every time we eat food. Add in probiotics daily, and don't be afraid to use a lot of them. We need to really rebuild and enhance the level of healthy bacteria in our bodies. Start consuming more raw proteins. And you can do this in your diet and lifestyle, but if you want the convenient, easier way, supplement with raw proteins. Bean is one of the only ones in the market that's produced a truly whole food product based on three ingredients that are giving you one of the easiest absorbable forms of protein out there. Make lifestyle changes. Right? There's a lot more than what we're talking about tonight. And the conference calls we continue to do are going to share deeper ideas and deeper information. And we have other guest speakers diving into the different areas of digesting, absorbing, utilizing food beyond how we're just consuming it. I hope my goal tonight of trying to take the last five and six conference calls, tie them all together, and put the pieces together to show you what it looks like from the outside. Really, it's this excess stress that we're putting on our bodies that are causing premature degeneration. This premature degeneration is what we're experiencing and manifesting in all these diseases. It doesn't have to be that way. Every single one of us can turn our lives around. We can change the position we're in, and every one of us can have vibrant health, and it's not that hard. We just have to make the decision to do it, be committed to it, invest some time, energy, and money into ourselves, and watch how your body thanks you. Your body will stimulate organ systems and glands that haven't been stimulated in a while. It'll start to revive, regenerate, and heal itself from the inside out. 
regardless of what you're facing, regardless how far it is. Remember Bernard Jensen, he was days away from death, and he came back in an extraordinary short period of time to have vibrant health. It should be very inspiring like it is for me, and hopefully that we're able to inspire you to embrace some of this information, to make these positive changes, and have truly vibrant health. Because as somebody I spoke with on the phone today, their quote was, nothing beats feeling awesome.